Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special anniversary episode of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is episode 50, the conclusion of the first season of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we are going to close out the year talking about stuff for next year. We've got projections. We've got news. We've got burning hot take questions. But first, for the 50th consecutive time... (laughs) We start where we always start, with a beer. Tonight, I will set the stage for you. Craig, I have handed to you a bottle from a brewery in Michigan, in Comstock, Michigan, called Bells. They are new to our area, and this is, from what I hear, an amazing IPA called... Oh, God, I should look at the... Here we go. (laughs) Two-Hearted Ale. Yep, and there is a trout on the label. Because Two-Hearted is actually the name of a river in or near there so it's named for there so craig is going to go for this first give it a try this was recommended by a co-worker of mine um we'll see what he thinks he's taking his sip and he's thinking and now he's adjusting the mic um that's not bad it's a very standard ipa so there's no it's particular good, flavor that's wowing you but you're also like okay this is not not currently i get a little there's a tiny bit of grapefruit on the, the end warns us about yeah on the end of it but like the smell, the the aroma isn't overpowering, and the flavor is not overpowering. It either. smells like an IPA. Yes, it does. And Britt's trying it. He's thinking. He's pondering. He's still pondering. It he, tastes like an IPA. That's what I said. See, <laughs> this is not super hoppy. No, it's hoppy enough that I know I'm drinking an IPA, but it's not super hoppy, and it doesn't feel like it's going to make me see the future. What's the alcohol in this? Um, what the hell is it? Doesn't say. It's got to say somewhere, doesn't it, by law? Oh, 7%. 7%. Really? With that light of a flavor? I mean, it's not light like in a bad I mean, way. The shelf life is six months. Yes, and you'll notice the, the beer date is like from two weeks ago. So this is an exceptionally yes, is. fresh beer. It came all the way from Michigan. So um, this would probably merit a four for me from Untapped. Maybe a 375 at worst. Yeah, I mean, I if somebody, You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a little bit of Lagunitas. Yeah, I can see that. So quick, yeah. quick Lagunitas story. Go ahead. Devil love it. I had... Does she love Lagunitas? <laughs> no, she does love stories. Oh, she doesn't want to go to story football. time. Story time with <laughs> Uncle B. I was at dinner last night with our other uh, Fignut contributor, uh, Mr. Cinch, and we sat down at a Red Robin. And Yum. he says to the server, I would like a beer. What do you have on tap? And the lady, she couldn't have been more than 19, looks at us and goes, on tap meaning out of a draft? Yes. And Cinch <laughs> went, yes. And she went, well, all our beers are listed right there on the inside of the menu. And there was a list of beers on the inside of the menu. Pre-printed, okay. laminated over, standard assortment. Bud, right. Bud Light, Heineken, Michelob Ultra, Corona, very standard. Right. Sam Adams, Sam Adams, Seasonals was written there. And so Cinch looks at it and goes, oh, I saw that. But what do you have that's not here? And the lady, again, looks at him like he's insane and goes, they're they're all listed, sir. So I asked the question in a different way. I said, do you have any rotating taps that aren't printed in the menu? And she went, oh, no, no. Everything that we have is (laughs) pre-printed in the menu. And I said to myself, you can't really trust a place that carries such a limited variety of beer. They don't change anything ever. No, no. That's a concern. I mean, I guess it I guess it's cheaper for them. Well, it's I easier suppose. on ordering, that's for sure. But I yeah, mean, though I have a quick beer story. The other day yeah. um, at lunch. Oh, so t- really quick. The end of the yep. story is that yep. since ordered a Lagunitas. Oh, OK. The end. That's oh, where all right. Going. So you're at lunch. I'm at lunch um, and I went to went to lunch and I ordered a beer with my lunch. I ordered a two roads, little heaven. Oh, yeah. And the bartender's like, um, yeah, just so you know, the keg's about to tap. Oh, we don't have another one. Oh, no. So I got a yinling. Okay. So then I, I drank the beer, had my lunch, and I get the check, and I realize he didn't charge me for the beer because they were out of what I wanted. <laughs> well, how nice is that? Yeah. So how I got a nice free beer that? at lunch. A free lunch Saved beer. Saved me $3 because it was happy hour. But still, hey. You, you know. gotta love happy hour pricing in general. You do. Half, half price uh, on tap. All right. Enough with Brits and Craig's side beer adventures. We're going to continue the joy this two-hearted ale. Thank you to uh, co-worker Ben for recommending it. Um, the cat has entered the studio, so if you hear any odd sounds in the background, that is the cat knocking something over. She is currently sniffing around, even though she's done this seven times today. On the burning hot take questions. 
Yes. Would you like to give or to receive to start the 50th episode? Let's receive. Okay, I got two of them. Alrighty. Alright, so this one comes from Friend Cinch. Okay. You heard about Julian Edelman's suspension. Yes. Did you hear what he was suspended for taking? No. No one has, because the NFL has stated that it was an unidentified substance. Now, here's the thing. So I did some research because Sanchez's question was, how do you suspend the guy for an unidentified substance? There are 71 banned substances in the NFL's PED policy. It's like five pages long. Correct. But the rule also allows you to be suspended. The cat has exited the studio. Um, (laughs) It also allows you to be suspended for tracers of marking agents to disguise any of those drugs. So if you take drug 47... Yep. And then you take a known marking agent and to agent, hide it. To hide it. And the marking agent leaves traces in your system that the test detects. It's a positive. Okay. You are they are saying, look, at that chemical compound, that is a marker for a chemical compound, or and that's the other thing. It's worded in such a way, or similar is like the wording in the rule. Okay. okay. Is it legit for the NFL to stand up and say, We're suspending Julian Edelman for four games? Not because we found a PED, not because we found a marker, but because we found something that is, quote, chemically similar to a marker. Um, in that case, no. And that's where we're at. I don't think so, because it, you know, it really could have been anything. If you wanted to put something like, you know, we're going to have to keep testing you throughout the year now randomly because of this. That's one thing. Well, I mean, that, and that's my issue with this. They can't look back at them and say, hey, those oatmeal bars you've been eating, you can't eat those oatmeal bars because that's what set it off. Right. He has no idea what he needs to do to correct this. That's an issue to me. Yeah, definitely. The cat wants to be in the podcast. She does. Desperately. She has re-entered the why. studio and for the first time ever just like jumped <laughs> in my lap and I was like scared half to death. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, there's no... If he took something and then took something else to hide the first something, I'm fine with him being suspended. Right. But what I'm hearing from the NFL, because the NFL is not identifying what chemical substance they found. They're just saying they found something that le- that is chemically similar to either a PED or a marking agent. That's like me testing positive at a DUI stop. And the, and the cop looks at me and goes, your breath alcohol level is well within legal limits, but it's detecting something similar to alcohol in your breath. Right. Maybe I had some mouthwash. It doesn't yeah. make me guilty of drunk driving. Right. And that's and that was Cinch's problem. Cinch is like, how can you suspend a guy? So now that we're finding out the details of this, mm-hmm. does he have a chance on appeal? Uh, with the NFL's history of appeals, I don't think so. I think it's less than 10% that appeals. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get it reversed. He's probably but not. He but has a good case, but I don't, I don't think he's going to get it reversed. I think what he's got is a case for them to review their policy. You know what this is? This is is when Ryan Braun tested positive in Major League Baseball and they found out the guy left a sample that he was supposed to deliver to the lab sitting on his kitchen counter for like three days. You know that story, right? No. Ryan Braun of the Milwaukee Brewers was suspended for uh, performance enhancing drugs. Okay. And in investigating the claim, they found that the guy who was responsible for collecting and delivering the sample did not do so in a timely fashion. Like it sat on his counter overnight. And they argued anyone could have tampered it with at that point. The cat could have injected something into it. There's the chain of custody is broken by it being by being taking so long to get from point A from collection site to sample site. Right. The chain of custody is broken. And now we have no idea what happened. Exactly. And now the guy collecting it was like, I know what happened. I came home. I put it on the counter. I got up the next morning. It was exactly where I left it. I picked it up and I dropped it off at the testing facility. The only reason I didn't do it the same night is because the testing facility was closed. Didn't make a difference. They had to, the arbitrator had to throw it out hmm. and Braun was exonerated. Do I think Ryan Braun was using performance enhancing drugs? That Yeah, he was hitting home runs left and right and he hasn't been the same since. So that tells me <laughs> something's up. But you know, I the chain of custody is the same sort of thing here. Is is this going to stand up to scrutiny? This part of the policy for different ways. Is it a hole in the policy that they're going to be able to drive a Mack truck through? I don't know. I don't know. The NFL is very unforgiving when they hand out rulings on uh, yes drugs. Yes, and you know what? That's why we're going to have a strike when the the CBA expires. Yeah, just like what's his name from the Browns said it was going to happen. Yeah, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, the offensive lineman that was in charge of the Joe Thomas. Yes. Yeah, and he retired when he could. 
He retired. He did. Smart man. Yes. <laughs> Smart man. I have millions of dollars. I'm on a team that I really don't know if I'm going to be around long enough to see win a Super Bowl. I'm going to retire. So he looks like a genius. Yep. All right. Burning hot take question um, number two is so for speaking Craig. Of, speaking of the Browns. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but um, you know the Browns quarterback. You're aware who their quarterbacks Which are. Which one? Uh, there's Tyra Taylor. Yes. He's the favorite to start the and season. There's, there's Baker Mayfield. Correct. The drafted guy. They drafted him. First, first pick in the draft. Correct. Uh, so... Todd Haley has said, "This was uh, this happened last week." Todd Haley is he They're there? Off, he's offensive coordinator. Oh, for the love of cheese, it's over. <laughs> um, he said that Haley had Haley said that Tyrod has a significant edge over Mayfield, uh-huh. and Baker Mayfield has a long way to go. He's a goddamn rookie, you idiot. So, is this any indication of how the Browns are going to do this year, or like in the next three years? Todd this- Haley has a has a a habit of going in places and looking like an innovator off the bat. And then a year or two later, everyone hates him. This happened in Arizona. He left Arizona to come to the chiefs as the head coach (laughs) in on his first day of minicamp angered Tony Gonzalez to the point where Tony Gonzalez wanted out of Kansas city. And Tony Gonzalez will tell you that in interviews himself. That's not Brit speculating. Got ran out of Kansas city, went to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh went on an offensive crazy run that elevated Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown to godlike status and then got run out of there because Ben Roethlisberger didn't like him. And now he's landed in Cleveland. So again, yeah, their their offense will be good the first year. It'll probably be really freaking good. And then he's going to piss people off and he's going to be run out of there. I, I, I would not want to work for Todd Haley. I wouldn't. I would not. <laughs> no, no. If I were an NFL owner, or an NFL head coach, and somebody said to me, hey, Todd Haley's interested in your job. No, no. No, not even. a No, no, <laughs> it's 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 a hard no. It's a I was watching Lego Batman the other day. And he keeps saying hard pass. It's a hard pass. No, 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 for me. no, nope. no, nope. I have one staff member who uh, every time he knocks on my door, there's an issue. I, I just know he's coming to see me for something. It's there's something bad happening on. So I open the door and I just look at him and go, no, that's like my standard response to this one staff member. So he started doing back to me. I need to drop off a piece of paperwork to him the other day. I knock on his door. He opens his office door. He looks at me and goes, no. I'm like, you don't get to tell the boss no. <laughs> I get to tell you no. You don't get to tell the boss no. Uh, All right. So I, yeah. So you don't think this is going to help the Browns? I think, I think short term, he does fantastic work. Long term, he pisses people off. And he's gone again. Yeah. I mean, what the, the Browns won zero games last year, correct? Yes. Yes, they did. Pencil them in if... If Gordon can stay off of the drugs, right. pencil them for six wins this year and then six wins next year and a new offensive coordinator in 2020. That's what I'm saying. If there's no strike. It, even if there is a strike. Just gives them a long time, <laughs> long time, longer time for that guy to settle in. So, all right. Question right. the third is from me. Go ahead. So, Tyler Croft is hurt. Okay. CBS Sports is reporting that he was unable to participate in minicamp, so he was not there. Tyler Eifert is somewhere in the Korean Peninsula, we think. (laughs) We have no idea. Right. So the question becomes twofold. Number one, do you have a tight end on your Bengals? Uh, No. And number two, two. (laughs) two, is there anyone on the Bengals named Tyler who isn't currently injured? Um, I'm going to go with possibly, but no, I don't know of another tight end. I'm sure there is one. And how do you have two guys at the same position named Tyler? It happens. That would be like Joe Namath (laughs) playing ahead of Joe Montana (laughs) with, I don't know, Joe Piscopo as the third string. Is Joe Piscopo still alive? Yes, he is. Oh. Yes, he is. I believe he's retired and living in Boca Raton. It's lovely. I just made that up. I have no idea. Um, I presume Joe Joe Piscopo is still alive. We should look that up. Yeah, go ahead and do that. So are you concerned at all about the tight end mess that is the Cincinnati Bengals? Because when Eifert, Eifert struggled um, and he has, been hurt. He's never played a full season. I know this. But Croft stepped in and wasn't terrible last year. A lot of the issues stem from the offensive line, which they've worked very hard to. Right. They draft their first pick was a rookie center. They traded for another guard. So, so do you think, their their line is definitely upgraded from last year. So can, can they be productive at tight end this year? Um, it depends who's broken. Well, they're both broken. That's my question. Is one of them going to be ready for camp? And if I'm drafting right now, am I, I would, looking at either Tyler as an option? Uh, personally, as of right now, I would not draft either Bengal tight end. Not even a flyer in a best ball. Mm, it's rough. Uh, it's spoiler too, alert, too, by the way. 
spoiler alert, next week we are going to do a special episode as our bridge episode um, between seasons, and it's going to be a best ball um, preview, where you can play best ball, why you should play best ball, why best ball is different than regular redraft and dynasty leagues, and why you should get into one now. Um, so we're, look for that special next week in lieu of our normal episode, and season two begins in July. So first week of July, we're somehow going to record on Independence Day. So if you hear a lot of explosions know. in the background, we're of, both off that day. You know, well, I mean, and that's fine. My problem is that we live in an area where people decide that they need to celebrate the birth of America by blowing up small bits of it. Yes, you know, and your microphone, yeah, yeah, and your microphone is very sensitive. <laughs> so we can barricade ourselves in and put egg crate we'll material to, up all we want, and we'll have to do it at like ten a.m. I, I'm off. I don't care. We're going to be drinking oh, at 10 a.m. That's okay. going to be a long day, Craig. That's making for a long day. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Oh, God. My wife listens to this. Uh, does okay. she? No, <laughs> not really. Um, but yeah, the Bengals uh, really upgraded their offensive line, but tight end is their biggest hole now. I agree. Um, who knows how Mixon is going to be, especially with Bernard still being there. I think unless, Bernard's going to get the workload. Let's be honest. Tight end's only a hole for the Bengals because of health issues. Right. If right. both not these guys were wise, healthy, they'd be, they'd be fine. <laughs> and not only that, but you could potentially evolve this into a situation like way back when Gronk was young, where you had Aaron Hernandez not in jail and Rob Gronkowski. Was it 2011 that they were both together? 10, 11, somewhere around there. Cinch would know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was 2011. I could be wrong about that. But they played together, and you didn't know if they if they ran a two tight end set. You had you, no idea what was you happening. Soiled your trousers because you don't need to know who was getting the ball. The only two tight end set I've ever seen. Well, maybe Gates and Henry, but they didn't use it right in San Diego. The only two tight end set I've seen in the last like 10 or 15 years where either guy could be getting the ball. Excuse me. So all right. Um, yeah, and it really hurt Andy Dalton's playing last year well here's the thing offensive between offensive line and not having um eifert there well here's the thing good i don't think dalton's gonna get any better i think this is gonna be the year where andy dalton is finally exposed as being not the answer ever i think you got joe mixon he's gonna be healthy he's gonna be productive if you get the tight end thing straightened out it's gonna be fine giovanni bernard is gonna get his carries and his touches aj green is gonna catch anything thrown within 20 feet maybe john ross will play maybe john ross will play a game and you're gonna see that the only person on that team with no fantasy relevance is Andy Dalton. And then Cincinnati is going to say, maybe we should make a change at quarterback. Maybe we should start thinking about making a change at quarterback. And then Marvin Lewis, dressed all in white, <laughs> is going to run through the door with a staff, and they're going to go, Marvin. And he's going to go, Marvin, yes, that is what they called me. Marvin the Gray. <laughs> Now you can call me Marvin the White because he's never going anywhere. No, Marvin's He's not. like a freaking character the, from the Lord um, of the they, Rings. If they trade anyone for a quarterback, it's going to be Bridgewater. It won't be Jets. a trade. They'll acquire somebody in, in a draft. They'll go into the uh, draft. They and really somebody. Need it, I can see them trading for Bridgewater. It's possible. I mean, there's guys out there, particularly with the influx this year of all the guys. If, these, if half the guys that were drafted this year work out, there's going to be people looking for jobs. Tyrod Taylor is probably looking for a job next year because Baker Mayfield is going to assume the role. You think he is? Yes. I don't think he's going to do it this year, but I think 2019, you're going into the season with Baker Mayfield as the as the starter. I do. I think Tyrod's the starter this year. So he's the new Tim Couch, is what you're saying? Maybe. Maybe. I just I think I think Tyrod plays this entire season. He has a good season. It's a one year deal, if I remember correctly, for Tyrod. Tyrod's going to go and have a good season. He's going to get out of there. He's going to look around and go, "Who needs me?" And Cincinnati's going to put their hand in the air. I hope they are. I hope so. I hope they we'll are. See, we'll see. Except for Marvin the White, who's going to be sitting there and go, <laughs> we've done this the same way since 19-dickety-three, and nothing's going to change. Oh. He's got to go, dude. I'm sorry. I know. If, if, it's if, all I'm because gonna, of the Steelers. Here it is, episode 50, bold statement. All right. If the Cincinnati Bengals win less than seven games this year. Win Mar- less than seven games. Yes. Okay. Marvin Lewis needs to go, whether he wants to or not. I mean, what has he got? Has he got something terrible on the owner? Has he got like some sort of dirt on him? Is this, is this the PP tape? <laughs> Does he have something terrible with the owner? And the owner's like, you know, we're going to make a change. He's like, ah, well, huh? this, the Brown family needs to leave. They're very, they're very set in their ways. Yes, and they don't like changing. No, things. no, that is very. They true. don't. <laughs> that is very true. Okay, moving on. 
Topics this week. Okay. I've got my wide receiver and my tight end rankings queued up. You got anything you want to go into before I jump into rankings? Um, you know what? Let's go for rankings. People enjoy their rankings. They, you know what? They do. Our, our download numbers are up. So thank you for downloading um, and listening. Keep doing so that. One, one quick thing before I forget. Please. It's really quick. Did you, did you see the tweet someone sent Reggie Bush? I did, but it's so epic you have to read it. Okay. So you have to read Reggie's tweet yes. and then the response that set up that. So, so Reggie Bush, uh, for those of you who don't know, Reggie Bush was a running back, dated Kim Kardashian a while ago. Anyway, on Twitter. Heisman winner who Heisman never winner. really did a ton in the NFL. No, he he was okay. Then he got hurt, and then he dated Kim Kardashian, and then his career just kind of tails. That pretty much, as does everybody. I mean, look yeah. at Kanye. Poor yeah. Kanye. Um, so on Twitter, uh, Reggie Bush went to a restaurant, and then he wrote this. I never understand how restaurants serve cold or lukewarm food when it's supposed to be hot, especially if food is your only source of income. Mm-hmm. And then when I told the waitress it was cold, she brought back a different plate that was still cold. This was someone's response to Reggie Bush. I once drafted a running back in fantasy football that got me negative three yards on the season. Some people just suck at what they do. And (laughs) there is a season, I think it was with the Saints, where Reggie Bush had like four carries for negative three yards. And that was his season, folks. That was an amazing reply to the answer. And the moral of the story is... Even though Donald Trump is president, don't throw rocks in glass houses. <laughs> I, I I won't go on a political rant here, but it marvels me that if I go on Twitter in 2015 and go, Bell's two, Two-Headed Ale is the greatest beer of all time. And then I go on in 2018 and go, Two-Headed Ale is the worst drink I've ever had. Don't be ex- don't be shocked when people throw that back at you. The internet doesn't forget things. <laughs> no, not usually. And particularly, and fantasy owners who feel wronged. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have several people don't I will never draft again. Anything, <laughs> anything. I have been. I talk about the National Sports Collectors Convention all the time. Do you know how many times I have stood there and I've never gone there to actually see anyone in particular? Do you know how many times I've seen fanboys walk up to people and cite statistics? Really. All right, all right, so funny side story. Here we go. Sure. Deb will I, enjoy this podcast. I worked at I worked at the 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 local minor league team, the Bluefish, for for nine years before they moved. And um one of the days we did was uh lunch with a legend, and Dwight Gooden was there. I think I've mentioned this before. So Doc Gooden, legendary Met, legendary Yankee, World Series champion, had some personal struggles throughout his career, is there. And this guy comes to the lunch with a legend, and part of the lunch with a legend is you get to meet Doc and you get to have him sign something. I was there because I was selling merchandise if you didn't bring anything for Doc to sign. Pictures of his, baseballs, etc. So I'm sitting next to Dwight Gooden for about three hours. Let me okay. tell you, that's a fun thing. I could tell you stories. <laughs> this guy don't hold back, and it's not anything inappropriate. It's not just, like Ric Flair. No. No, I would not have to censor any of it, but it's like he's very honest. He talked about all this different stuff, about his drug use, his checker past, all that stuff. And very uplifting, very interesting stories. And half of them were hysterical. So, so really quick, and when he won Rookie of the Year in 85, the publicity photos the Mets wanted to take were during the offseason. He was at his grandmother's house. They drove to the house with a uniform and, and the plaque. Really? And said, can you throw this on and hold the plaque so we can get the publicity photos out into the public? <laughs> so he's like, it's like December. He goes, I'm in Florida visiting family and I'm standing on the lawn in Mets gear and they're trying to make sure they can angle it so it doesn't look like I'm like, no, there's no palm trees or anything in the background. It's just me (laughs) holding this plaque to make it look like I'm actually on the field. Stories like that. Very interesting, weird behind the scenes stuff. So anyway, one guy walks up and he's got a pitcher's mount. Okay. The rubber from a pitcher's mount. Okay. And he says to Doc Gooden, I bought this when Shea Stadium was demolished. It's one of like the 50 mounds they used over like the last 10 years because they change it every couple of years, yeah. like every couple months. I don't know. Can you inscribe it for me? And Dwight Gooden goes, okay, sure. I'd sign it and inscribe it for you. And the guy pulls out a sheet that has, and I'm not joking, five columns with four stats in each of them of his career accomplishments as a Met. Wow. Number of wins, number of total strikeouts, number of appearances, <laughs> number Jesus. ERA. Like it was like he went online the times he made the all-star team, all this stuff. And D- Dwight Gooden takes one look at this and realizes he's got to see like 50 more people and says to the dude, I can't write all this. He goes, I'll tell you what, I'll do column one. Next time you come to a show and see me, I will do column two for you for free. I won't even charge a signing fee. 
And the dude was like, but, but I just need all of these. And he was like, yeah, but I got 50 people waiting. And he's like, okay, I guess. And he signs a thing and he does. He sits there and dutifully fills out the whole thing. Yep. Like the first column and says, I will see you again. I know I will see you again. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. And walks off. And he looks at me and he goes, you would not believe how many times I get stuff like that. <laughs> he goes, it's like people don't want a picture signed by Dwight, Dwight Gooden. They want a picture that says, hi, Jim, it's me, Dwight. Thanks for coming to see me at this luncheon, period. I'm so excited <laughs> to meet my fans. You have no, blah, 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 blah. They want like all this stuff. Fanboys don't forget stuff. No. You can't. You just can't. Nope. I saw stuff that I was like, what the hell? And 90% of the guys, they were like, hey, Mr. Gooden, thanks for coming out today. Shake a hand, sign a picture, take a picture, go away. It was it was very nice. It was a great afternoon. He was very gracious. But there's always those guys. That you, you put it out there, it's going to come back to bite you. And Reggie Bush made a mistake by putting <laughs> that out there. All right, I'm sorry. That was like a 10-minute side. No, that's fine. I, that, that was... But I, I could Off the air, I will tell you plenty of Dwight Gooden stories. He would, That was, without a doubt, in nine seasons where I worked approximately 50 to 60 games a year, that was my favorite game of the entire year, was the day I just sat next to Dwight Gooden and just watched it's him interact with thing. fans. And when, he, and when we wasn't doing something, like we had lunch together, he was telling me stories. Like it wasn't even like it shut off when he had a moment. He, was just, he just likes to share, you know? So anyway, wide receiver rankings, back to football. Yes. All right, so Tuesday of this week, my wide receiver rankings hit the interwebs. They are available at www.fignutsdfs.com. That is www.fignutsdfs.com. Uh, by the time this podcast hits, my tight end rankings will also be out. And if you read those, you'll be very depressed. But let's talk <laughs> about wide receivers first. We'll do the same thing we did last week. Craig. Yeah. My top five in order. Okay. Which one of these guys fails to live up to a top five finish? All right. Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins. That's right. I have Hopkins at two. Okay. Julio Jones. Okay. Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. Or Michael Thomas. Which of those five Fail to live up. Brown, Hopkins, Julio, now, Beckham, or Thomas? Live up, or you mean won't finish in the top five? Like, which one of those is finishing furthest down the list? Who's not finishing in the top five there? Who's like the lowest finisher? Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't know. There's something telling me that it, I know no one's going to like this answer, but. Go for it. Yeah, I'm going to say Antonio Brown. Yeah, we've been very down on the Steelers. Like, and it's bad. Here's the bottom line. <laughs> the last three years, he's averaged 321 points a season in the PPR. Right. When he's on the field, he produces. Uh, most of the folks I've read have him at similar numbers this year. Fantastic. But yes, could DeAndre Hopkins have a better year? I think so. He was great. Yeah. He was doing better when Watson was playing, and then Watson went away, and he did still had a great year. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. but, you know, I and think... someone in, you know, the Giants are actually going to have a running back this year, so... That takes pressure off of Odell Beckham Jr. I had that conversation. We'll get to Evan Ingram in the tight end section, but his return factors into it. Julio Jones is a freaking coin toss enigma. Depends the you know which way the wind blows and how hot it is, which and makes how him a tremendous. Feels. And we'll talk about this next week during a special episode. It makes him a tremendous best ball play. Julio Jones is a great best ball play because you don't have to decide when to start him. You just draft him, you plop him on the bench, and the computer will say, yep, he scored 40 points for you this week. He starts. Yep. Nope, he scored four points for you this week. He doesn't start. It is fan. He is a great best ball play. Exactly. And that's why best ball is really different than redraft, and we will get into that next week. But they are really different animals because riskier players or hot and cold players sometimes can really be better plays there. Um, I think I think Odell Beckham Jr. is the potential to fall out of the top five. I just don't know what to expect from him. He looked really good in the minicamp. Uh, he did some running. He did some on-the-field stuff. But he also is still upset about the contract stuff. So we have to see how that pans out. All right. Okay. Six through ten. Six through ten. Which of these guys could ascend to be one of the top wideouts in the league? Devontae Adams. Okay. A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen. Your good friend, Doug Baldwin. <laughs> or Mike Evans. Uh, hmm. Where's Mike Evans now? I believe he's still in Tampa. Is he? Yeah. Um... You know, I'm going to do the bias answer and say just because they have a new offensive line that you know AJ AJ's Green is going to move into the top so five. So here's the funny not, thing. Not number one, but in the top five. Here's the funny thing. So I'm sitting with Cinch last night and he says to me, 
any question where there's a Bengal doing well, the answer for Craig is automatically yes. AJ Green. So, Cinch, I now so owe Cinch, you a beer. There you you go. were absolutely right on that one. And I said it to him. I said, AJ Green's going to be one of the questions tomorrow night. And he said, <laughs> AJ Green will be the answer. It will. Uh, for me, the answer is going to be Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is just a hair outside of my top five. And let me tell you this. Very, and Rodgers is back. Yes. Very, very little separation between these people and my scoring, my scoring system, um, my top during using my particular weighting system. It doesn't make any sense in terms of points, but uh, Antonio Brown scored 4,800 points at number one, number 10, Mike Evans was 3,600. So there's not a ton of separation. The top five are all over 4,000 points in my system. Yeah. Would you draft Mike Evans though? No, no, Neither. after last year, absolutely not. Wouldn't touch him with a 12 foot pole. Won't Neither. do it. And I refuse to draft Doug Baldwin anymore. Won't do it. You know, so. All right. Flyer time. Late in the draft. Okay. You got one slot open for a wideout. All right. Here's who's left. I rated okay. 41 wideouts. So here's the bottom six. Okay. Kelvin Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Devontae Parker. Chris Hogan. Jameson Crowder. Devin Funches. Or Richard Matthews. You have to pick one of them. Ah, uh, Funches. Why? Because uh, I have a feeling he's going to come out to be the number one receiver in Carolina this year. Really? That's my that's my feeling on him. Wow. So I think when uh, Cam is throwing and when he's not throwing to a running back, he's going to be throwing it to uh, Mr. Funches. Okay. On my list, my guy is Devontae Parker. As much as I hate the Miami offense. <laughs> and whoever their quarterback is. As much as I have no faith in Tannehill, Parker did suffer with Landry stealing targets, so to speak. And I think Parker is going to shockingly, he's a flyer again. I'm not going to take him early, but I will take him late. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Brandon cooks fell all the way to 35 on my Ooh, list. Whatever happened to Co- what happened to Cooper cup? Cooper cup is put him? number 32. He is right behind Pierre Garcon. Oh, bless you. Here's, I don't, I, I just, what about Golden Tate? Don't you like Golden Tate? I can't stand Golden Tate. <laughs> Golden Tate is number 15 Brand on my list. I had list. this discussion last week. Number 15 Tate. on my list. Everyone is big on the Detroit <laughs> offense. I mean, people, I, I saw a, who's going to have a better year, Marvin Jones or Jr. Sammy Watkins? Yeah, Marvin Jones Jr. Marvin Jones or Sammy Watkins? Uh, poll on Twitter. And the guy who owned the poll had an absolute fit. Because Watkins was winning sixty-one to thirty-nine percent. There's a I don't know, and I don't know. I don't know who Mahomes is going to like or who Mahomes is going to favor. But I'm not willing to say that Marvin Jones, as the number two option in the air, and with all the different options that they're working with in Detroit, I don't know that Marvin Jones is going to have a big year. But everybody's loving on Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. And here's the thing: they've got a quarterback that throws for four thousand yards. A lot. I think he did for like the last two years. I got to look up his stats, but I just don't know who's getting the ball there. So would I draft Matt Stafford? Frick yeah, I'll draft Matt Stafford. Will I draft his wideouts? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe one. Maybe. I've been on Twitter and I've been yelled at before for saying I'm not big on Golden Tate. Oh, but he's the most consistent. You look at his stats. Okay, great. He's the most consistent. He still hasn't wowed me. I, I, I just, no. I don't. Who were we compared? Remember it was, um, who were we talking about? We were talking about uh, Golden Tate and Mike Evans. When yeah. we were comparing stats the other yeah. day. Golden Tate's numbers were better last year, but they weren't better the year before Evans was. I don't know what to make of either of them. I wouldn't touch either of them, to be honest with you. I mean, if I'm looking... All right, so Mike Evans, I have at 10. Um, I like Thielen at 11 better. I like Diggs at 12 better. I like Tyree Kill at 14 better. I like T- uh, Larry Fitzgerald at 16 better. The reason Larry Fitzgerald is so down is because we have a quarterback change there. Yeah, and who knows how that's going to go. right. Mr. Uppity Snooty Nose. I mean, there's a lot of guys in this like level two, level three range that really appear to me like, all right, so these are the guys right ahead of Marvin Jones, Josh Gordon, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Allen Robinson. Any of those three guys could have a top 10 season this year, depending on what happens around them. Juju's got to deal with Antonio. I get that. But uh, Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon is the only wide receiver I've ever (laughs) known that if he can stay on the field is quarterback proof. He's played. He's only played like 14 games in the last six years, but he's played for seven different <laughs> quarterbacks in 14 games. That's not even. That's not even that's close no, to accurate. But still. But the funny. quarterbacks change all the time in Cleveland, and when Josh Gordon's not smoking weed, he's productive. It doesn't make a difference who's throwing the ball. He gets yeah. open. 
That's why it's such a, a damn shame he does not have a control has not have a handle on the whole weed thing. Or if he's on another team. Right. <laughs> he could he could be Hall of Fame ready already and a top five wide receiver, but he, he's just not present enough. So all right. So all right, so on to the tight ends. This was abysmal. <laughs> Tyler Crofts. <laughs> there are two names, and then you fall off a cliff like you were playing a game on the price is right. I remember growing up the cliffhanger game on Price is Right. Remember the little Yodeler going up? That guy. Yep. I remember a time, I must have been about 10 or ten or 12 years old, I was homesick from school, and the, they would give you items. Remember, you had to get as close to the right dollar amount as you could. Right. And it was a toaster oven, and it was like a $30 toaster oven. And the lady looked at Bob Barker and said, I'm going to go with $100, Bob. And he said, $100 for that toaster oven. And she said, yes. And he said, you're absolutely sure. And she says, yes. And he says, do you want to hear the features one more time? She goes, no, Bob, that's a $100 toaster oven. And you could have strapped rockets <laughs> to the shoes of this little guy. He just kept going because you only get $25 for the entire game. And she just missed by 60 on the first item. And this guy just went right up and over the edge. And he turned it over and it was like $35. And she was like, oh, my God, I didn't know they were that cheap. Get off the stage, lady. That's how I feel the tight end is this year. You've got two names, and then the cliffhanger shoots up the ramp and falls off the edge. Yep. So here are the five names Okay. in the top five. Which one of these guys is not a top five tight end? Okay. Rob Gronkowski. Okay. Travis Kelsey. Yep. Zach Ertz. Mm -hmm. Delaney Walker or Greg Olson. Top five, huh? Is not a top five tight end. At the end of the season. Mm. Gronk. See, Kelsey. there's so much injury involved in this list. <laughs> yes. Gronk has not played a complete season since 2011. Ertz was broken last year. Kelsey, I don't think, is hurt, but he's got a quarterback change. Ertz has dealt with injuries. Delaney Walker, I don't know if it's injury or not. I'd have to look, but his production has been... Re- he had one good year. And Greg Olson only played like six games last year and was not healthy in those six games. Yeah, yeah, that's so rough. one. So which of these five is I'm most likely to finish outside? The top I'm going to say Walker. Okay, why? It's, just, it's a hard. Honestly, anyone, any person in this list could not be in the top five. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely not. It's not a good list. <laughs> There's only one player on this entire list who has averaged more than 200 points in a fantasy season over on average the last three years, and it's Kelsey at 210. Gronk with limited availability, is at 181. That's how good Rob Gronkowski is when he freaking plays football. Yes, and doesn't get hurt or called for personal fouls. Right. Well, last year, they talked about him being the healthiest he'd been in years, and he still only played 14 games. He only played 14 out of 16 games. He was on the injury report for like three or four more. Yep. I, I, I'm i going to say, I, I'm going to agree with that. I think Delaney Walker... Um, I think the other guy's going to be largely healthy this year. And, and I just, I think Delaney Walker had one really good year. Now working in Delaney Walker's favor is that Mark, Marcus Mariota is back. Does this Mariota help him? Cause that, that one really good year he had back in 2016 was Mariota's rookie year. And then last year he disappointed. So, yep. All right. Six through 10. Okay. Which one of these guys elevates Evan Ingram, Jimmy Graham, Kyle Rudolph, Jordan Reed, or Charles Clay? Um, I'm going to say Jimmy Graham. Why? Uh, because Rodgers is back. And it's 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 Jimmy Graham. Which Seattle is a terrible place for him. No, yeah. Tight ends don't, like, terrible. they're not part of Seattle's offense other than blocking. Right. Terrible. Just not a good spot for him. I, I agree. I think he was amazing be, in New Orleans. He was amazing in New Orleans. And he's a quarterback Orleans. that throws, essentially. And really. that's it. He's a pocket quarterback. <laughs> and Rodgers will scramble. But Rodgers looks he to throw targets. first. Every time Russell Wilson snaps the ball, he takes a three-step drop. He and looks considers at the first, running. Right. He looks at the first <laughs> target, and while he's looking at the first target, he's starting to move his feet. Aaron Rodgers goes through a progression. Drew Brees went through a progression. These are pocket passers. I mean, Rodgers can move. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he can he scramble. Can run when he needs but to. Russell Wilson thinks about scrambling all the time. Yep. As soon as he gets the ball, he considers running. Yes. Yes, and that's, that's just how he plays. Right. Not that it's bad. It's just not a place for a tight end. So I agree. Jimmy Graham goes back up. I'm not big on Evan Ingram. I have him at six. I'm not big on him, and here's why. He had a great year last year. Odell is back. Manning is a year older, and they drafted an entire running game. It's like an all-in-one kit in Saquon Barkley. 
<laughs> you drafted an entire backfield with one pick. Is he going to see the targets? They're going to be handing off more. They have a potential running game in place. Yeah, that's a good question. Their best receivers back. That is a hundred targets that was available last year that was gone. John Hanson, yeah. the fantasy guru, talks a lot about available targets. When like like when Jimmy Smith retired, he caught like eighty balls that year. He was targeted eighty times, something like that. That's eighty targets that are now available for someone else to grab. But that's not the way the giant number is going. Engram's available target number goes down with Odell being healthy. Yep. Remember so, Mark Bavaro? How does that have to do with Evan Engram? Yeah, I don't know. It's the Giants. All right, uh, here's a question for you. Out of yeah. the tight ends, yeah. who's a tight end that you think is going to surprise everyone? Who's your sleeper tight end? Well, I was going to get to my bottom five. Um, okay. All right, we can do that. I, I, if I have to pick one, and this guy's not my bottom, bottom five, so we can talk about him, would be okay. David Njoku. Okay. I think Cleveland is going to... I think Tyrod Taylor... Again, Charles Clay didn't do a whole lot until Tyrod Taylor started throwing him the ball. I mean, that's not really true. I I don't have it right in front of me, but Tyrod played there, what, three seasons, and Clay's been there four? Charles Clay, his numbers are disgustingly consistent. Like, every year, it's 45 to 50 catches for 500 to 550 yards and three to five touchdowns every single year. He's in those ranges. So, but I don't think he did a whole lot before um, Tyrod started throwing the ball. So I, I think David and Joku, who I have at 19 overall, is going to be a guy to watch. Yeah. Uh, my you? my pick would be uh, George Kittle in San Francisco. I've got him in the middle of my list about 14. Uh, I've got him right over Tyler Eifert, actually. Garoppolo is uh, starting. Garoppolo watched, you know, Tom Brady throw to Gronk repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So I think. George Kittle has a potential for a big, big year. Is Garoppolo going to be good, though? Well, that's up to Garoppolo, but we'll see. That's up to Garoppolo. Garoppolo <laughs> decide to be good, will you? Just make our lives easy. All right, my bottom five. Okay. Which of these five names surprises with a fantasy performance that is worthy of a late-round flyer? All right. Ed Dixon, Virgil Green, Ricky Seals-Jones, Mike Jacecki, who is the tight end from Penn State, and or Austin Hooper. And where the hell did Jacecki go? Somebody remind me. <laughs> Oh, where's our stat boy? I got to look it up now. Sorry, guys. I just drew a complete blank on where uh, Jacecki was drafted, but I have a little app on my phone. You do? Yes. I don't even know who. I honestly couldn't even tell you. Oh, Tight ends are such, you know, the days of Antonio Gates are gone. Oh, I'm sorry. Jacecki's in Miami. Miami? Miami. So he's in Miami. Again, the Ryan Tannehill factor comes into play. So one more time. Here's the five names. Which right. one of these guys surprises? Okay. Dixon. Yep. Virgil Green. Yep. Ricky Seals-Jones. Yep. Mike Jacecki or Austin Hooper. Oh, Lord. You got to take a flyer on one. Uh, I'm going to say Hooper. Just because the passing game there? Yeah. Because it's in Atlanta and they always throw. The dude's got feet hands. He does. Hi, Tom. That, Hi, Deb. <laughs> that's, um, but that list is horrible. So I, <laughs> that's my best guess. I'm going to go with Jacecki. I do think Miami's going to actually throw him the ball a little bit, but he's a rookie. We don't know what to expect from him. You know, yeah. I mean, I've seen guys that have him really high. I've seen guys that have him really low. Um, I've seen him as high as 130 points fantasy wise, which if you think about it, it's about eight points a game. That's pretty good for a, a rookie. Yeah, that's not bad. But I've also seen guys who have him under 100 points a game, 100 points for the season, which is like four points a game. And that's not going to work. So... Um, all right, so that's so look for that. Uh, you can go to our website again, www.fignutsdfs.com. Our rankings are up. The early season rankings are up for QB, running back, uh, wide receiver, and tight end, all in separate articles. I gave a little blurbs on the guys. But tight end, let me just tell you, at the end of it, I apologize to everyone <laughs> because I think I gave snippets on the top 10 tight ends. Gronk, Hurt, Kelsey, Transition, Ertz, overvalued. I'm t- I'm sorry. Everyone was like, hey. "Oh, Ertz had a breakout year." The only statistic that was majorly better than the previous seasons was touchdowns. He caught 8 touchdowns in 2018 uh, 2017 as opposed to 4 touchdowns in 2016. All of his other career numbers, targets, receptions, yards, yards per catch, all that stuff, very similar to previous seasons. So, I don't know why everybody's big on Zach Ertz. I don't. Um, Delaney Walker stinks. Greg Olson coming back from injury, Evan Ingram losing target share, Jimmy Graham change of teams. We hope it works out. Kyle Rudolph always hurt. Jordan Reed always hurt. Charles Clay Buffalo. Do I have to say anything else? Right. (laughs) 
Jared Cook, don't throw the ball anymore to Jared Cook. George Kittle's a mystery. Tyler Eifert is somewhere with Carmen San Diego. <laughs> I can't believe Ben Watson still plays. I'm literally like, listen to how deep down the list I am. Cameron Brait, Eric Ebron. I mean, all of these guys. Jack either, Doyle. Jack Doyle's not on my list. Oh my god, really? <laughs> you know, now that you mention it, He's Jack still an Doyle is not on my He's list. He's got his quarterback coming back. How is Jack Doyle not on my list? I don't know. One of the guys I read all the time is the fantasy guru John Hansen, and he loves Jack Doyle. And he didn't list Jack Doyle. I, you know, I can't. Obviously, he's a pay site, so I'm not going to directly, you know, pull up his rankings or anything like that. But I'm looking right now at his rankings. Okay, I did not miss Jack Doyle in his rankings. No, no, he's he's <laughs> he's on the bottom. Oh, he's uh, he's hanging out with Ricky Seals Jones on this list. Oh, Let's put dear. it that way. But I, I, I everyone... and what happened to us, Farius Jenkins? Where'd he go? Oh, I don't know. Is he jail? on my list? Is he in jail? <laughs> no, he's, no, not, he's not on my list. Austin Safari and Jenkins did not make my list. Wow. And I, I again, I rated 24 of them, and he didn't make my list. Ed Dixon made my list, and Austin Safari really? and Jones didn't. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Or J- Jenkins, Austin Safari and Jenkins. So I, I have no in faith in tight end. So here's my plan for tight end. Okay, just, just throw it at a dartboard. When I get to round eight, if... Gronk or Kelsey are somehow miraculously sitting there. I'm taking them. If Ertz or Walker are sitting there, I'm taking them. If anybody else, if they're all gone, I'm waiting to round 15. Yep. And I'm drafting three of them. I'll draft Great, <laughs> Ebron, and Njoku in three nice. consecutive rounds around the time I take a defense and decide which one I'm going to keep. Because I have a feeling, and I said this in the article, I have a strong feeling that whatever tight end plays the most for me this year is going to be a tight end that I pick up off of waivers in the middle of the season. Because I just, I don't see it. I don't see any of these guys having tremendous value. No. You it's, know? it's a giant guess when it comes to tight ends. T- tight end this year is a is a real crapshoot. And, and I think if you don't grab one early and you don't get the one you want early. Just don't. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah. Just wait. I mean, it's almost, and you know what? You know what that 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 factors into is best ball. Again, we're going to talk about that talk next about week. About next week. Grab three three guys who may or may not produce any week to any week because you only need one of them, and the computer is going to tell you which one to use. You don't even have to think about it. That's the way to go with that. But anyway, okay. Final thoughts. Wow, we've been here a year. Yes. Officially. Yes. Went by quick. What are we it's doing fun. with our week off next week? Are we going to go know. drinking? Might as well. Might as well. We haven't had a season one wrap up and a season two planning session yet. We should probably no, do that. No, we should at probably do that. Should probably have some sort of schedule <laughs> for season two. <laughs> we I, should. I mean, I'll be the first. Craig will tell you that I wrote out a, a tremendous schedule for like the first 30 episodes of this podcast. And I'm it like, did. well, if we last 30 episodes, we'll figure it out from there. <laughs> you know, so I guess I should sit down and start working on that again. So that we have some guess, sort of rhyme yeah. or reason. Not that we ever stick to it. No. I mean, you know, we have an outline. Yes. We have an outline. We're like grade school students. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, all right. So, any final thoughts? Because I have a final thought no, slash um, question for you. I just want to say thank you for hanging out with us for the last year. Yes. All thank of our you. listeners, thank you so much. You know, it's funny because we're new to this. I do watch, like, the download numbers on, like, a weekly basis. And it's and and for a while during the off season, the off season for fantasy football is dead. Yeah, because I, mean, I mean, there's really nothing right. So I mean, I'm not going to give numbers, but obviously, we had a lot more listeners in week 16 than we had in the dead of March. Right. But now that the season's starting to come back, or and I, and I, for part of me got me depressed. I was like, oh, you know, people don't care. People aren't tuning <laughs> in. They're just like, screw you guys. But now I'm starting to see the numbers key up. People are coming back to football. They're sitting there saying, all right, my, my, my fantasy baseball team stinks. It's time to start working on football. And they're starting to play in football again. Yep. And people are starting to listen. So welcome back. We understand you have better things to do during the dead of winter than to listen to us. But we are glad to have you back. We are looking forward to a tremendous second season with you guys. Um, there are still spots available in our listener league, which we'll be drafting in September. So Hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. Reach out to us. That's going to be a best ball league, by the way. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, it is. It's gonna be a best ball league. Okay, good to know. So we don't. Just, it's gonna be draft only. So and right now, everyone who's responded and requested a team, and that's about seven people that I've already said, yeah, you're in. Everyone is local, so we might be able to do this live, not necessarily broadcast it live. it live, but we might all be actually be able to gather in one room and do, do it, it live. together. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it live. <laughs> do it live. 
All right, so my final thought is a question for you. All right. And it goes along with, and I, this is my backup burning hot take question. I just want your feeling on okay, this. Okay, sure. Where is the value? Someone was asking me this the other day. There's too many running backs in Cleveland. They don't know what to do. Okay. You got the Crow, Isaiah Crowell. Yep. You got Duke Johnson, who they just signed to an extension. Okay. And then they go out and draft Chubb. The current ADPs have Crowell in redraft leagues going in the sixth round, okay. Johnson around the seventh, and Chubb around the eighth. Which one provides the best value when it's all said and done? Do you reach up for Crow at six? Do you hang back because you think Johnson's going to be a better value at seven? Or do you think the rookie outdoes them both at eight? Hmm. And we're talking about a season, not not uh, dynasty? No, seasonal only. Redraft league. Redraft league. Hmm. I think I would stick with Crow. He is supposedly the bell cow back. Because at least he's been playing for a few seasons and you know what you're getting from him. Mm-hmm. There's that. And it's the Browns. So <laughs> the Browns a are a dumpster fire. <laughs> really? I wish the Browns were good because they're named after the guy that, you know, made my team. Are, but are, maybe they're going to be the Iceland of the NFL this year. Maybe. So we'll see what happens. Well, we don't know. We'll see what happens. In the meantime, we're over time. So. Uh, our 50th episode spectacular wraps up. We thank everyone Yay. for listening. Leave Ooh. us a review wherever you listen to us. Spotify, Player FM, iTunes, iTunes, uh, that other place. Stitcher. Stitcher. Thank you. Um, I've, <laughs> I've been working on another place that actually may be listing us fairly shortly. So uh, that's that's something we'll be looking for. Please leave us a review. Send us feedback at FignutsDFS on Twitter fignutsdfs at gmail.com you have questions don't ask me anything about dynasty i'm bad at dynasty but ask me about anything else ask me best ball ask redraft ask all that stuff ask daily a little early for daily but ask daily anyway go ahead and just ask away we are happy to take your questions and we thank you for listening uh two weeks so you'll get a special episode next week season two in two weeks and we jump right into draft prep uh, so look for the best ball special next week. Until then, I am Britt. I'm Craig. We are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. That's a wrap, guys. Take care.